Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. This is Johnny. And welcome to episode 57 with my buddy, Nick Gogoriadis. Hey, Johnny. Thanks for having me. Hey, is that the first time I ever said your name right? Uh, it's getting better each time. <laughs> so uh, Nick's been on the, the show about a year ago, uh, and he was out here in Chiang Mai just visiting. Um, but life has changed a lot. We both wrote new books. Uh, we've both been to a bunch of different countries. And today, I wanted to have Nick back on uh, just because he happens to be in town and see what he's been up to, but also... Uh, give you guys some insights on how he made a killing and, and really did well um, with his uh, jiu-jitsu book. So when was the last time we, we hung out? Dude, I think it was about a year ago. Yeah. Probably about a year, maybe a little bit less than that. And at that time, you you had the Jiu-Jitsu Brotherhood, which is a basically an online community for people who do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mm-hmm. but you never actually sold anything on it. You never really monetized it. I had monetized it to a very small degree. Like I had a, an affiliate link to... Uh, some supplements um, that was nested or embedded within an article uh, that made a few thousand bucks. And every now and then I'd sell like a specific t-shirt or something like that, but I hadn't really looked at it as a proper um, viable business until that point. Why, what, like, why do you think you waited so long? Cause like how long did you have it and how many visitors were you having, you know, kind of before you wrote the book? Um, the site was already pretty popular before I wrote the book. I was probably getting close to, 20k uniques a month so that's 20,000 people looking at this website with you know kind of with no real nothing to really buy you're kind of just giving free information mm. um so what like what made you hold off for so long <laughs> to actually sell something on there uh i don't really like doing things half ass. you know when i do something i'm trying to i try to do to the best of my ability and i think subconsciously i knew um the way i describe it to people is uh, you can have ideas to do something like you can decide that you or you can want to be a tennis player or you can want to be successful or you can want to do well in any aspect of life but some people can just dip their toe in and play around and see what happens and for me uh, the way I describe it is that I have to flick the switch in my head I literally have to say okay now it's time and I just for whatever reasons whether they were subconscious or whether due to the circumstances in my life at the time I wasn't ready to flick that switch. Uh-huh. So when you did flick that switch, you were out here in Chiang Mai for, was it a month or two months or how long were you actually out here? I think here? it was a month, uh, yeah. And do you think just kind of being out here and not having the responsibilities, but also, you know, being surrounded by other people who kind of doing the same thing, do you think that's what, what allowed you to flip that switch? Uh, it definitely pushed me towards the, the flipping of, or flicking of the switch. I remember that. I remember the exact moment I decided to do it. Um, in particular, write this this book and and sell it was you, Anton, uh, who's been a previous guest of yours from is it dropshipping? What's his uh, yeah, business? Uh, th- yeah, dropshipping business. You can go to Anton Method. Okay, uh, we were sitting on our way to a specific event or festival in a, in a, a hired bus, a chartered bus, and something he told me something he was giving me some advice about how to do it or or how what could be done and i just said i remember saying to him that's it in exactly 
six weeks time or I gave some arbitrary date I said I'm gonna have my book on the market for sale and um, I think that that moment I would never have reached that moment if I hadn't been around people and have having been able to see people who had already done similar things and the interesting thing is I have a friend here one of my best friends you just met last night and it's very interesting and rewarding for me to watch him he hasn't yet taken the plunge he hasn't yet flicked the switch but just watching him around these other people like yourself and other other <coughs> colleagues and friends I have in Chiang Mai, I can see his perspective starting to shift and his perception starting to expand. Yeah, I definitely think that, you know, when people come out here and they surround themselves with other people to kind of do the same thing, it completely flips every switch in their mind where now they know, well, if everyone else is doing it and it's possible, why, why can't I do it? And I think that's why a lot of people listen to this podcast is if you don't have access to people like that, even if you live in like Austin or San Francisco or these, you know, hubs where they're supposed to be, you know, these places where people are getting things done, hustling and building businesses, a lot of times they still don't do that. So, and it's, and it's not until you get plugged in to kind of the, the digital nomad scene, um, which, I mean, did you even know that existed a few years, years ago? I didn't know it existed to this extent or that it was centered in this part of the world, but obviously I'd read the four-hour lifestyle or four-hour work, four week, hour work and week, I, yeah. and I was I had a, a vision of what was was possible um, and what I wanted to achieve. Okay, so there's a lot of people I'm sure that are kind of in a similar position as you, where you became really good at a skill, an art. Uh, for you, it was teaching jujitsu. Well, I, well, first I'm sure it was you just doing jujitsu as a, as a student, as a practitioner, mm-hmm. and then it became you doing you know teaching it. And the next kind of logical step was is to teach it on a wide scale so instead of teaching it you know individually on one-on-one or even in a group seminar which might be you know what 30 40 people mm-hmm. now you can reach it out to i mean hundreds or thousands i mean how many people have bought your book now yeah, like several thousand at this point and i've read the book i mean if you guys are interested in it it's called is it black belt blueprint or the, the black belt blueprint uh, i'll have a link to it in in the show notes uh but it's a great book so if anyone you know has even considered doing brazilian jiu-jitsu which is the grappling art that you see on ufc or on in mma uh or and also one of the the coolest martial arts out there highly encourage you to read this book because it really it really outlines beginner to professional and that i think that's why i like the book so much is I'm pretty much a beginner in jiu-jitsu. Uh, I, you know, I've technically been dabbing in it for a few years, but it's so off and on that I'm still a beginner. I'm still a white belt. But what I liked about it is, even though Nick's been doing it for so long, I mean, how many years has it been? Coming up on maybe 15 now, man. So it's, I would imagine it's hard to think back 15 years and remember you know, what would have benefited you in the beginning. Yeah, that was... Uh, it definitely took... It, a lot of planning and recalling and delving deep and, and trying to remember the, the stumbling blocks I had along the way. Um, and I think anyone who has uh, a... Most of the people listening to this show, uh, if they're above a certain age, they've probably spent X amount of years in a specific career. And whether they know it or not, they're an expert in something. And I think that's wh- one of the value adds or one of the ways that you can provide value to people and we all know that that's how you increase your income is there's um an expression your income is proportioned to the number of people you serve i think it's by napoleon hill and if you're let's say a plumber 
um, I mean, I'm sure, Johnny, I'm sure your guests have, have all, some of them have mentioned this, and I'm sure many of your listeners have heard a similar thing, but just to reiterate here, if you're a plumber, you can only go and work on X number of sites per day and fix X number of toilets, or if you, even if you're a plastic surgeon, you're limited by your time. Um, but if you have a plastic surgery uh, consultancy and you can hire other people to do the work for you, it it frees you up and allows you to multiply your income. You can focus on the grander vision of your business. And that's the beautiful thing about the internet is that it's the ultimate multiplier. It allows you to take your vision and just push it out to pretty much a limitless size. Um, and it's your job as an expert in whatever you are, and everyone's an expert in something. It's your job to take that expertise and that body of knowledge that you've acquired and condense it and package it and efficiently get it into the hands of as many people as you can. And if you can do that, you can pretty much write your own paycheck. You don't need to write anyone else. And I 100% agree on that. Uh, so me and Larissa were talking about earlier how she now is basically announcing to the world that she wants to be successful, she wants to make money, and she wants... You know, and she's not afraid of saying it anymore. And a lot of people are afraid to charge for their their services or the products, even though they are an expert. They're afraid. You know, they're almost afraid to ask for for what they're worth. And I'm I'm sure there's a lot of experts out there that you know almost don't want to write a book because they're like, well, you know, I don't want to you know I don't want to be selling something. I want to just give it out for free but at the end of the day that doesn't help anyone because they end up just not doing anything they might end up either just helping one or two people or they end up um just kind of keeping information in you know to the grave mm. and here's the thing about that is you can put out you know a book or an info product and if it's not good and it's not helping anyone they will let you know and no one will buy it and and you know so you don't even have to feel bad because I guarantee you, if you have a crappy product, if you don't actually give good advice, if you don't actually have something, uh, you know, that's worth the money, the market will self-correct it. I mean, mm. the first couple people might buy it, but I guarantee it'll lose steam and it'll just kind of go away. Uh, so the fact that people are willing to, to spend the money on it, especially, you know, an expensive book like yours, it's, it's what, $40? Mm -hmm. And if they like it enough where they don't ask for a refund, they and they tell their friends about it, and they you know they post it on Facebook or on Twitter or on for, you know jujitsu forums. That in itself proves that that was well worth forty dollars to them. Interesting, and and that's why I I really believe that it's almost our duty and our job to you know to make these products and to sell and not to be afraid of it. I agree with you completely. I just find that. Um I've been burnt before in the past buying a digital product, which um, I still remember it very vividly. It was when I was still a beginner in jiu-jitsu. Uh, and this guy was, he'd advertised a specific program. Um, he'd used all the different formulas of copywriting and sales pages and everything. And he had made it out to be like the second coming that would massively improve. And he'd overhyped it basically. And I bought this product, which was pretty expensive. I was a student at the time. I didn't really have money to waste and stuff like this, but I spent quite a bit of money on it. And it arrived, and it was it was total crap. It was absolute crap. It was a seminar that he had taught, and he got some guy to film it with, like, a handy cam. You know, it wasn't planned or anything like that. And then he just chopped that up as a video and claimed it was this new video. Now, dude, if you want to sell stuff online and you want people to buy it and you want people to refer you to their friends 
it has to be a high quality product you have to keep asking your question is this a high quality product because you can sell crap only once or maybe twice and then people get wise and you're burned forever i mean i bet you i don't know who that guy is but i bet you he's not you know successful now because he might have sold a couple in the beginning burnt people and if they didn't ask for a refund or if he didn't have an easy refund policy uh i guarantee you you know that success was very short-lived. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he may be successful. In fact, I know he's doing reasonably well now, but the thing is, I know he could do so much better and he would be doing so much better because I would have bought more of his products and I definitely will never buy a product again from him. Even though I get his emails every now and then and some of his stuff looks kind of interesting, I've just been burnt and I'm just not going to do it again. And why, I mean, do you really feel good about yourself putting out stuff that you know isn't your best just to make a quick buck like i don't think that sends out a good energy in any way and i don't want to be that kind of person well the people i actually do feel bad for are the people that you mentioned that are just getting started and don't actually know that much about whatever their craft is and it doesn't have to be jujitsu it can be about you know really anything and they might not know enough to even realize it's a bad crappy product yeah and that's kind of the the scary part and that's why you know any kind of selling things online or internet marketing gets a bad rap is because a lot of people could hire someone to make a great sales page or a beautiful looking website and the packaging could be great and people just assume you know people kind of almost get tricked into into buying it but i honestly think that people are tricking themselves i honestly think that when people look for to fall for a lot of the marketing like the um you know the the ten second abs or the seven minute abs. It's they are they kind of deep down know inside. Hey, you know it, it's probably not gonna work, but I'm willing to spend the money to to find out. You mm-hmm. know, and it's tough. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is tough. Um, there's an example. There's a guy. I'm not gonna mention his name, but <laughs> he. You know, he works out of the same co working space as me, and he asked me uh, for advice on his uh, his website on his. And his, his marketing and his sales copy and he's like you know basically saying hey why isn't anyone buying my product you know should i move this video here is it too salesy and i i said to him i said oh you know what uh i don't see anything on here that says like a case study or you know any any information about how successful you are with it and he and i said you know why don't you write that and he said oh because i've never done it before and there was the problem is he's selling a service that he he personally has not been successful with mm. so so he's spending all this time and energy uh, making the the website nicer and making the sales and marketing better but at the end of the day if he hasn't done it himself and he hasn't been successful with himself i really doubt that's gonna be very long-lived yeah and you also have to ask what, what place is he creating this product from because i know there are some very popular products, uh, I won't mention names, but let's just say they have the word abs in the title, <laughs> where the guy is making literally seven figures a month. Um, and ultimately, it is a total garbage product. It's literally just a, like a PDF of like 10 pages with a few links in it saying, with a few dietary tweaks and maybe a couple X's or whatever it is. Um, and sure, you can you can trick people. You can make a lot of money. You can become really wealthy tricking people or using psychological triggers in your marketing copy and everything. And I'm not saying there's no place for good quality copywriting and good marketing. But I think the question you always have to ask is, what is the value that you're providing and what place is that coming from? Is it coming from your desire to share what you've learned and bring more good energy into the world? Or is it built on like a hollow foundation of, I just want to get rich quick. And 
you, both of these paths can lead to success, but I know which one I prefer and I know which one allows me to look at myself in the mirror every day. You know, I know that there are, you know, people that are successful in their life taking the shortcuts. But for me personally, every time I've taken a shortcut, it's ended up being 10 times longer <laughs> than, than it should have been. If, if I had just decided, hey, you know, maybe I should actually eat healthy and actually exercise consistently. If I started that when I was 18, I would have been in shape my whole life. Mm -hmm. And, but I kept looking for shortcuts. You know, I was the guy that wanted to do the six minute abs, you know, and mm -hmm. I was like, I was the one doing these crazy crash diets. Uh, I was the one looking for supplements that, you know, can, you know, can change my, my, my physique overnight. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it took me a long, long time to actually get in shape. Mm -hmm. And I think now that I'm finally actually in shape, it's, I realized, you know what? There was no shortcut. I could have, I should have just followed almost anything, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, so, so I think it's a very big difference between shortcuts and leverage points. Um, I mean, what you, what I ultimately came to learn was that anything you want to do properly is going to require hard work, you know, and if you do find some leverage points or shortcuts, they're just going to allow you to do the hard work or to do more hard work. So you could do five different things a day instead of one different thing a day. Um, and that's the way I look at it now is I want to be as efficient as possible. Um, and I think a lot of our products, in fact, like that's what my Black Belt Blueprint is about. Um, it's not about saying this is a shortcut to getting good at jiu-jitsu. It's just about saying this is about how to best and most efficiently use your time. It's still going to take time, but this is the quickest and best way to do it. I actually specifically remember when you were first putting together the site and even the title and we had we had sat down and we had talked about you know what what can sell more books and i remember very specifically you said i'm not going to put on there that this is a shortcut or this is a get your blue belt in you know an x amount of years because it's not realistic for most people mm -hmm. so for those who don't know nick's story he was uh, was it Hodger Gracie's first black belt? And Hodger Gracie is one of the literally one of the best jujitsu uh, practitioners in the world. So you know, world famous. And for him to give Nick a black belt was a really big deal, especially because most people take how many years on average? Like eight years to get a black belt? Or more? It's like it's probably like eight to twelve. Depending. Eight to twelve years, and you got yours in how many years? Uh, about four and a half. In four and a half. So I told Nick, I said, look. You got your black belt from the world's best in four and a half years. Why don't you title your book How to Get a Black Belt in Four and a Half Years? Mm -hmm. And, you know, to me, that was great marketing. It tells a great story about Nick. And it's not lying at all because he really did do it. But Nick, you know, is so straight edge. He said, look, it's, it's not going to be feasible for most people. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be fair, Johnny, I, in my marketing, what I do is I do use that trigger of like, See, of showing that it's something special that it took a little bit shorter than most people but I don't say get your black belt in four years I say uh, learn how I got my black belt in four years and just showing all the wisdom I acquired and how I did it that quickly um, and again there's no guarantee I, I, I'm pretty certain using what I teach is going to make shave years of the amount of time pe people take to get their black belt but you're still going to have to work damn hard, man. It's like, but this is an efficient way to do it. And that's for me. I mean, I think you're the same. A lot of the guys in this community that I speak to are one of my um, friends the other day. He, he said he's always looking for little life hacks, ways to get the most efficiency out of his time, out of his money, out of his work. And that's something that really excites me, not shortcuts, efficiency. You know, I do agree with that. And I think the, the major thing that people do need is a blueprint. And that's why I think the title of your book is actually perfect, you know, because if you, 
are following the wrong path, let's say you're following a diet that just completely doesn't work, or if you're following a system that completely doesn't work, then you can put in all the hard work you want and all the years you want and you still won't get anywhere. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, let's say you're following a, a diet that like a all, you know, like a fruitarian diet, for mm -hmm. example, it, it might sound cool, you know, if you're like, you know, and if it just doesn't work and it's not healthy in the long run, mm -hmm. you can follow it to the team and all, all the work and you're never really going to be healthy if you're if you're just eating, you know, sugary fruits all day yeah. and, and, and nothing else. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of the same thing, you know, with with business. You know, if you're following, you know, some completely wrong plan, especially from someone who's, let's say, never done it before and their their entire business is, you know, is basically teaching people something that they don't know, mm. then you can work as hard as you want and you're wasting your time as well. Mm. And I, I think that's w why I like it when I personally meet people or at least I kind of get to know them, at, you know, through a friend of a friend or kind of through the grapevine, you know? And that's why I think, you know, these podcasts are great because you really get to know someone uh, week after week. You know, when you follow someone's blog, you kind of get to know them week after week as well. Um, and that's why, you know, that's why I wrote Life Changes Quick because mm -hmm. I wanted to share that story of everything that has worked for me so far, mm -hmm. you know, and includes not only business, but travel, how I got my relationships in order, how I finally got in shape, how I finally found a diet that works for me. And these are things I wanted to share with people because it took me, you know, 32 years to figure it out. And if someone, you know, hasn't figured it out yet, I want to be able to share that with them. I agree. I agree. I, one of the things that makes um, a lot of sense to me is that, you know, you, you mentioned people can, if they have the wrong theories, they can work as hard as they want, but it's, it's not going to lead to results. But that's the thing about experience. And that's why there is no real shortcut, because you need the experience to figure out which the best theories are, right? And you need that practical application to say, okay, I tried the pescatarian or the vegetarian or the fruitarian or the paleo or whatever, and this is the one that worked for me. And there's no shortcut to that. You have to try all these things. That's that's life. That's what it's about. And that's why I like guys like Dave Asprey and Tim Ferriss is because they tried it with their own bodies and their own money, mm -hmm. and then they wrote books about it so everyone else can learn from their experiments, mm -hmm. you know. So Dave Asprey, you know, tried every single diet. He got all his blood tests, and, and Tim Ferriss did as well in his his book uh, Far Body. And not that you know it's going to work for everyone, but at least you know you could see what their results were, so which allowed you to kind of have a, a bigger bigger mm -hmm. understanding of, of what's going to work for you. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons that uh, people, uh, you know, the the formula for writing a sales page is you first almost in, invariably first introduce yourself and, and your titles or what you've done what you've accomplished because and I think for everyone who's listening and wants to buy a product online or is interested in buying a product about drop shipping or whatever product it may be whenever someone's trying to teach you something or claiming to have a solution or claiming to have an answer they better have some pretty good credentials on how to do that because uh, one of my favorite expressions is you can't take someone somewhere you've never been and you can't show someone something you've never seen and I've, I've seen how in my own life like when I was teaching jiu-jitsu if I try to teach a technique or something that I didn't really understand fully myself it would almost always have shitty consequences and that that particular class wouldn't go well. Um, so you you need to be discerning when you're buying stuff from people and when you're learning on this path and you want to get better in anything. Like, just really look, investigate the person who's selling something to you and find out how just how successful they've been. I think that's very very important. Yeah, and one of the biggest things to, is just to see if they are doing it themselves. Mm. One great example is 
So anytime you guys want to learn, let's say, uh, autoresponder or email marketing, one of the things that they, you know you should do right away is just subscribe to that person's email list. So if they say, if they recommend, um, let's say, you know, uh, Aweber, which is a big, you know, kind of expensive email marketing campaign um, platform, mm-hmm. but you you subscribe to the newsletter and they're using Mailchimp, then you know, hey, this guy's not, you know, he's not he, authentic or congruent. Yeah, like why is he telling me to use this if you know if he's using something else? Yeah. You know, the, the thing I find so funny is as soon as my products start to become successful and sell reasonably well, I get all these guys messaging me saying, I, I, the, I remember the last one, one of the funniest ones was, I've worked with all these clients and I've generated over, I don't know what it was, $6 million in sales for them or some huge, throwing huge numbers around and I can really improve the sales copy on your page. And if the guy wanted X hundred dollars or X thousand dollars to, to completely redo my sales page so it converted better. And I mean, the question I wanted to ask him is, Look, if you could write this amazing sales page, my product is an affiliate product on ClickBank. Why don't you just write this amazing sales page and use your own affiliate ID and sell my product and sell 10,000 copies of it and make yourself that money? Why are you trying to get money out of me? Mm-hmm. And I don't think you would have had an answer for that. So it's, I think that's one of the pitfalls of success is sooner or later, everyone wants, as the size of your operation and your success grows, it brings with it a whole new level of complexities like things things like that, for example. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, so let's talk about how to make these books successful because you, you've been very, very successful. If you guys do the math, it's, you know, Nick sold a couple thousand copies of this book and it's $40 a piece. And it's a digital book, so it's not like you're spending $30 printing it. You know, mm-hmm. it literally costs pennies, you know, per book to, to send out, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, a bit more than that with the with the clickbank fees and hosting fees but it is the margins are very high yeah so you've been very successful with it do you think it's just because it's really good content and you have you know this community that you built up for years or do you think has you know like what do you think the secret sauce is behind it um i think you've heard that expression um Overnight success usually takes about 15 years. Mm-hmm. I think that not only was I working exceptionally hard as a jiu-jitsu teacher and competitor and on my had my website up writing articles for many years and I established a pretty good name for myself in the industry. And, you know, there was a lot. I built off a very solid foundation. I wasn't just some guy who pitched up and said, hey, I'm going to send this book out. You know, unfortunately, that is the case. I had a, a lot behind me anyway and I had those credentials that you mentioned earlier, but also um, I worked really hard, Johnny. I worked really hard, not only writing the book, but preparing all the marketing systems, like uh, sharing all the ClickBank stuff, like doing social media. I remember there was a point um, before the book launched where I didn't have a day off for eight weeks. Wow. Like literally, I did not have a Saturday or Sunday or any day off for eight weeks solid. Um, So I just worked damn hard, but it was fun. I enjoyed it, you know, Uh, and... If you ask, is there a secret sauce? Yeah, it's hard work and it's covering all the bases and just just researching and planning and just working your ass off, basically. So for those who don't have, you know, 15 years behind them or this audience, I want you guys to know that it's still definitely possible. Uh, so as an example, using myself, my first book, 12 Weeks in Thailand, I had a blog 
that I had been updating for for a number of years. So I did have that, mm-hmm. you know, but it wasn't very popular. I had pop. I didn't even have a mailing list because I just never yeah. thought to do it. I had maybe three hundred likes on Facebook or something, and so I had, you know, I ha- it was good that I had something, but it really I didn't have that much. You know, so it wasn't that I had this massive list to start with. So at the beginning, I had to, you know, basically strum up my own momentum. So if you guys are in that the similar position where you have some experience on something that you want to write about, but you don't have this ma- massive following, massive list, it's still 100% possible. Mm-hmm. It is, and I would say the best way to make it happen is to start providing value for free to establish your credibility. So let's say you're a sound engineer and you want to write of ebook on how to get into sound engineering. If you just slap up an ebook, slap an ebook together and put it online, you could probably get some decent sales. Whereas if you spend a year working on a blog in which you give away really high quality content and make people start to trust you and start generating positive energy around your name and your career and then decide to do a book, it's going to be far better received. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, one one thing that I did for my latest book, Life Changes Quick, is I actually live wrote it on my blog. Oh, cool. So instead of writing blog posts, I would write a chapter. Interesting. And that way, if someone you know wanted to just follow along in order, they subscribe to my blog, they can literally read 90% of the book as I write it. And afterwards you can either keep the posts up there uh, because a lot of people that like those posts are going to want to read the book anyways. They're going to want to read a proper introduction and a, you know they want to read the edited version that's all kind of inter- intertwined together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you know, if they like your story, obviously they want to support you and, you know, and kind of read the whole thing in one convenient package. Mm-hmm. But that's such an easy way to, to you know, first give yourself uh, accountability of, you know, putting out, let's say, a chapter a week or whatever your goal is mm-hmm. but also you can start building an audience because if nobody's going to read your free blog <laughs> nobody's going to buy the book yeah that's for sure but if people love the blog and love the content you're putting out then you know hey this is something that people actually want to read mm-hmm. i agree entirely yeah so you know definitely if you if you guys have some kind of skill or expertise or you just you know even if you just have an interesting story to tell why not start a blog and you know and just live write it and see how many people you turn on to that and if it's enough finish the book publish mm-hmm. it uh and you know you can literally make enough money to to travel the world mm-hmm. <coughs> and if you don't have that skill <laughs> yeah if you don't have that skill then what do you what do you recommend sorry <laughs> i had something mother um if you don't have that skill it's your job i mean everyone's good at something whether it be something that you that you know you're good at or um, not it's your job to uncover it and hone it and then share it i mean that's that's the key to everything in my opinion it's just when you when you give value and you give it from a good place it's impossible to fail almost you know it's that's why a guy like uh, elon musk with with tesla he's using all his genius and his intelligence and he's focusing it and he's like that's why it's just become a hugely successful thing that's why steve jobs did it like that that's why you do it because you're enjoying what you're doing and it's shining through you're not just some get rich quick guy you know they said that uh the the, today's quote was on my 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 screensaver was um time wasted doing something you enjoy is not time wasted Mm -hmm. and when people ask me like you know is i mean I'm, i'm pretty open now about how much money money I make and from what I've been doing these income reports for the last couple of months and people ask like is it worth um, writing a book and 
I openly tell them, I'm like, well, you know, I make pretty good money for my book. I probably make a thousand dollars a month selling my books, but I make five times that much on my actual stores. And is it what, you know, the amount of hours I put in the book versus the amount of hours I put in the store, it's, it cost per hour. Uh, the book was not worth it, mm-hmm. but I loved doing it. And it was something I really enjoyed. It's something that I would write when I was on an airplane or I didn't have Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. and you know, it's something that I would do to unwind at the end of the day after I, I did my, my normal work. So to me, it wasn't work at all. Mm, I agree. There's a, another expression. He who enjoys what he does never works a day in his life. And um, I used to, we've spoken about this, I think, on the the first show. Um, I used to, one of the reasons I was looking for the shortcut like you is because I was just, for some reason, I always equated work with drudgery. Right? I always thought of work as like a horrible boring monotonous thing that you just did because you had to make a buck or you just did because someone told you to and it was only when I made that mental shift and realized that I actually enjoy working hard I said this to you once I think we're in that co-working space I enjoy working hard it's a lot of fun but it's it's pretty much only when I'm doing something that I believe in or something that I that fits into the part of my my grander vision and you know, it's nice that you say the grander vision because, so me and Larissa have been doing a 30-day new store challenge, which is actually on the the pin board behind my head. Uh, you know, here here in our apartment. I mean, Larissa was basically saying she's like, look, I want the freedom of being able to travel and run an online business and be able to you know to be wherever I am, and that part of it I enjoy. You know, the actual. Because when when we were picking a niche for our new online store, you know, she made a list of like twenty or thirty things, and we went through them, you know, to kind of you know see what would what would fit what would fit Anton's criteria, but also make sure there's no one else in the course selling that product because we don't want to compete and all these things. And I told her the very first thing I told her, I said, "Look, don't get totally emotionally attached to any niche." And you know, this is something that um, that actually Larissa wanted to tell your buddy who's who's thinking about doing the same thing is. Even though he's, you know, he loves music and he loves musical production and instruments, if that niche doesn't fit, it just doesn't fit the numbers, and then don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, even though you love it and you're passionate about it, mm-hmm. you can be passionate about something. You know, you can be passionate about building the actual business itself mm-hmm. and uh, not necessarily the niche, because that I think kind of blinds a lot of people as well. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. But uh, I think what I was gonna say was, um, yeah, like it's. We've been working our butts off this last week. So if you guys listen to the last two episodes, we were, we've been in Borneo for the last three weeks and we didn't really have Wi-Fi. Uh, we didn't really have access to, you know, to anything. <laughs> so we kind of just, you know, it was just long vacation. Um, and for the last five days, we've been waking up every day at 5.30 in the morning to go to Pun Space, the co-working space. And we've been working nonstop on our stores until four o'clock every day. So it's, you know, like nine hour days mm-hmm. every day but we've been loving it. Yeah, good for you, man. And, and, you. and it's because we know that by building this this next store, we're going to have enough income so we can we can travel, we can do the other things that we like doing. Yeah. So, you know, to us, that's 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 what's exciting about it. That's that's great, Johnny. Good for you, man. It's such a cool thing to see you successful. We always joke whenever I, I am, whenever we see each other, wherever we've been all over the world and we bump into each other, it's, I know we always laugh about how back in the day, what was it, five years ago that I met you? Uh-huh. Uh, we pretty much knew a lot of this stuff already, we just weren't implementing it. <laughs> yeah. right? um, so so the, <laughs> the way I, I met Nick was he was teaching a Jiu Jitsu seminar at Tiger Muay Thai down in Phuket, and afterwards I went up to him and I said, 
hey, uh, you know, thanks for teaching the class. Um, I wanted to tell you that you look like my favorite author. And at that time, it was Tim Ferriss. Yeah, I remember that. And I was like, yeah, I know who Tim Ferriss is. I was like, and just as I said to you last night, you and I read that book. Well, I, I know I read that book literally a week after it came out before it was super popular and, and famous. Um, and the funny thing was, you looked at my site then and you told me a bunch of things about it because you were a little bit further ahead. You had a bit deeper understanding of how blogs work and things like that. And you gave me some good tips on it. Um, and that was actually probably the start of the process of me... Um, it started me to started me thinking about making this uh, a bit more professional and, and a potential revenue source for me. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, five years ago, we if we had just decided, hey, let's make you know, let's actually make money from these blogs, these websites, and not just do it as a hobby, mm-hmm. we would have been so much further along. Yeah, but <laughs> this is something I always refer to whenever I get that feeling. When I'm presented with an opportunity and then that little negative voice says, oh, this would have been great if you did it five years ago. This would have been great if you did it 10 years ago. And it's that Chinese expression, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. <laughs> and, and that voice stuck with me because in fo- if I'm presented with an opportunity now and I think back and say, oh, shit, I should have done that five years ago. I also know that the Nick five years from now, if I was speaking to him on the phone now, he'd say, don't be a fucking idiot. Just do it now. Just get started. So I keep that in my mind. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Because the, the worst, I mean, I'll say to add to that, it would be that the worst time to do something is five years from now. Yeah, because, <laughs> that is the, literally the worst time. Right. So if there's something that you guys always you know, wanted, wanted to do, just do it now. Just, just do it. Starting, starting is, um, is an expression. <laughs> okay. As you guys can pick up, I've, I've read a lot of expressions. This one is, starting is half done. And I firmly believe that that first step is there's there's two parts of any project that are the most important. That's getting started and finishing it. Mm-hmm. Right, everything else will happen, but you got to commit to yourself that a you're going to start and b you're going to finish. All the middle stuff it'll get done. I like that a lot. So I don't want to just you know give the people motivation to to get started. I want to give people practical steps. So when you wrote your book, tell me. I mean, did you write it in? Microsoft Word and Google Drive. I mean, like, what? What did you? What were the actual steps? Um, so this was the best piece of advice I can give about uh, pretty much any project and writing a book in particular is the first thing is to start with the end in mind, right? And work backwards. So I wanted a book being sold online, generating me passive income, and a few other a few other um, characteristic variables I wanted checked. So that was the end that I started in, with, in mind. And then what I did is it's just like, remember when you were a kid and you were making a jigsaw puzzle, you'd always put the edges in first, right? You'd do the edges first and then fill in the middle. And I did the same thing with the book. I first wrote out the table of contents. You know, I actually wrote the introduction and I wrote the conclusion and then the table of contents. And then I just fleshed it out. And so I basically created a skeleton and hung the meat off the bones. And I think that is probably um, the best way I have found to complete any project. So maybe what you could do, let's say you wanted to start a drop shipping site selling, I don't know, dog toys. You could literally mock up the front page of the site. So nothing in the background, no architecture behind it. Just take Photoshop or whatever and copy just some... Just a si- pen and paper. Just a pen and pen, even a pen and paper. You know, that's, that's so right. And just draw, this is what I want my site to look like. And then work backwards and you find out what do I need to do this? And you fill in the gaps and you hang the meat off the bones. And sooner or later, one day your project's complete. You know, I absolutely agree because it, at the end of the day, it almost doesn't matter what you use. 
so I so <laughs> there's a lot of uh, writers that will use like typewriters still, or they'll use like bar napkins. And the fact is, those are the probably the worst things you could do. There's no backup on it. There's no security. <laughs> you know, you probably can't. It's, it's not the most efficient use of your time, but it gets it done. A lot of people don't know this, but I wrote Life Changes Quick in Notepad. No way. Yeah. And the reason why I did that is I don't have Microsoft Word on my computer. I don't even have whatever the free Mac one is. Uh, and I didn't have internet access a lot of the times I was writing because a lot of times I was writing it was on a plane or something. So I literally would make a new note saying chapter three and I would write a chapter in Notepad. Mm-hmm. And when it was all done, I transferred it into a, a Google Doc, <laughs> completely unformatted, had someone else you know format the whole thing, yeah. uh, spell check it, grammar check it. And then I reread the whole thing you know, as if I was going to be someone reading for the first time. And I just asked myself, does this make any logical sense? Okay. You know, I, I moved some of the, the chapters around. I, I think I even deleted one or two chapters. That that's the editing make sense. process. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like you can even hire professional people to do that for you, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, as long, you know, one day it was just done. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you had a lot of fun doing it, right? I loved it. Yeah. It, yeah. it was really enjoyable. Uh, as far as the platforms, you know, because there are going to be these little decisions to make. Why did you choose ClickBank over, let's say, Amazon? Mm. So, or uh, so, to, so for those who who don't know what ClickBank is, it's a, I guess, a digital marketplace where you mm. can. Ho- it's actually, quite a few things. I think ClickBank falls. You could describe it as a payment processor, okay, um, and a digital marketplace and an affiliate platform, okay, and probably a couple other things as well, which I can't think of now, but. The reason I chose ClickBank instead of Amazon is because uh, I just found the fact that Amazon take, took 70% of the revenue um, above if you, charge more than, yeah, if, yeah. You, if you charge more than $10, it takes 70%. And I just found that that was completely unacceptable to me. Um, and another reason I wanted to use ClickBank is, as I said, I, I developed quite a strong jiu-jitsu network. Um, I knew a lot of website owners who had successful jiu-jitsu forums and blogs and things like that. Um, and ClickBank just provided me with the best... Um, easiest to integrate affiliate system and that's why I chose it it, ha- it wasn't without its issues but I'm pretty sure if I had chosen something else it would have had a, s- a number of other challenges and I liked I like working with ClickBank I've used it for another one of my products I don't really see any new reason to change right now that may, may be different in the future but right now I enjoy using it yeah definitely and I think that if I had put my my first book 12 Weeks in Thailand onto ClickBank and instead of calling it 12 Weeks in Thailand and having it just be kind of a general life guide, if I really just had it be a guide to Muay Thai and a guide to two different uh, gyms in Thailand, I could have left it at the $37 price point, which would, which is what it originally was at. And the same amount of people bought it at $37 as they are buying it now at $7.99. Mm-hmm. Which What's is, to stop you from changing it though? The only thing stopping me from changing it is first... It's such a small part of my actual total income now mm-hmm. that I just it's it's not part of my grand picture. Okay. I think that, you know, I could make some more money from it and I would say if I you know, if I if I really spend a month, you know, uh, rebranding it, rewriting some of it and I can it, it'll be another five hundred dollars a month I would make. You know, which if you asked me a year ago, I would have done it in a heartbeat. Because yeah. <laughs> when I met Nick, uh, not met Nick, when I hung out with Nick last time in Chiang Mai. No, this wasn't the last time. This was a while back. It was like almost two years ago. Was it a year and a half ago? Yeah, maybe even a little bit longer than okay. that. Yeah. I was living in a, like, basically a Thai pr- prison cell. <laughs> yeah, it, I remember we, last night at dinner, it was really funny because Johnny said to me, Nick, why didn't you tell me I couldn't live like that? <laughs> 
<laughs> it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. And so if you asked me then, 100%, I would have I would have done it. But now, you know, it's not part of my grand picture. I'd rather not make money from that book and have free time to, to work on other things that, you know, that do kind of fit in my, my goals and align myself. But I would say the main reason, honestly, why I leave it at, seven, at $9 or whatever it is, is I want to get that book in, into as many people's hands as possible. You know, I'm actually... I would never sell it for 99 cents or give it away because people don't value things that they get for free. Mm. And this, you know, studies have shown that uh, books that downloaded for free never get read mm-hmm. versus if you pay five bucks or $10 for a book, you will read that book. Mm-hmm. I have never bought a book for more than $7 and not read it. Mm. Interesting. But I've downloaded hundreds of books that are sitting on my Kindle or my computer that have never been read. That's very interesting. People just don't value what they get for free. It's just the nature of the game in pretty much every sphere of life. It's, it's what I've noticed. And I also noticed it's the, the customers who give you the most grief about paying for your stuff or paying the high price point are always the ones that are the most difficult and that you earn the least money from. I know there was a, a guy who emailed me a while back saying, uh, this is not a book, it's a PDF, right? Uh, I don't feel happy about this. So I emailed him back saying my friend this is actually a book and it's an electronic book and it's in a pdf format you know it's 260 pages or whatever the page count is um and then he sent me another email saying uh i'm not still not happy because of this this and this and i just said dude i think you here's your money back i think you and i should just go our separate ways because <laughs> i don't want people like that you know i don't need that you know there might have been a time when i really needed that guy's 40 bucks really badly but it's not now you know i want people who are happy to pay for quality information because i know it's quality information i put my heart and soul into this um so i i just trying to filter out people who complain about paying x amount i don't i don't want those customers all right so speaking of, of those high quality customers high value customers so for my e-commerce stores i don't have any products less than 300 dollars uh, and the mo- majority of my products are over 500. Wow. And the reason I have that is because the few people who have ever bought something in my store that was, you know, $199.99, those people have given me so much <laughs> headache that I've deleted those products off my line. Wow. And I just, I, I'd rather just not sell it because, yeah. you know, I mean, first off, you know, obviously the profit's not going to be as high on a $200 item yeah. as a $2,000 item. But also, the it takes literally the same amount of customer service, if not more. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, probably the only customer I've ever, you know, really had to go back and forth and, and you know, for, for more than one or two emails was a person buying a $200 product. Yeah, of course. And the, the person that I dealt with most recently this week, he had ordered a product that was... I think like $1,500 and he needed a little bit of handholding. Uh, he wanted, you know, I had to talk to him on the phone once or twice and email him a few times. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's always been polite and just, I think it was yesterday or the day before. Uh, no, you know, yeah, it was yesterday because um, that dinner we went to last night, I told Larissa that's, that was my treat because we we're celebrating. He reordered and this time his order was $3,000. Wow, that's cool. And because he's an existing customer and he didn't use any coupons or anything, he basically just paid completely full price for the item. The profit on those on that order was $1,000. Wow, that's fantastic. Which is insane. Yeah. And I'd have to sell, I don't know, 50 $200 products to make $1,000. So I'd rather deal with this one guy that is grateful, is a high value customer, than deal with fifty people. Yeah, so true. 
Uh, you, you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather deal with a thousand dollar, one thousand dollar customer than ten hundred dollar customers or or a hundred ten dollar customers. Well, that's so. Me and Nurse's new store that we're starting together. I think our cheapest product on there so far is a thousand dollars. Wow. And it's a big gamble because there's a good chance that no, like we'll literally make zero sales. But we also have a chance where we'll make one sale a week, mm. which will, you know, with four customers a month spending over a thousand dollars, that's actually enough to, you know, to make it worth it. Mm. My um, next jujitsu product as well, which I've been planning for the last seven or eight months and I'm going to be filming in December. Um, it's going to be several hundred dollars. Uh, and I mean, I know that, I have no qualms about charging that price because I know the quality of the product is going to be that that good. Um, and again, I'm, I'm also it takes a lot of pressure off me because instead of needing to sell two thousand copies, you know, if I sell two hundred copies, I can still make a decent a decent income or decent return. Um, so, and I, I think higher higher priced products are not always, but I think they are the way to go for people like you and I and maybe many of the listeners. Yeah, but I, I would definitely say that starting with a mid range you know price point teaches you a lot and you get, what's mid-range to you so i guess it really depends um so for for like let's say let's say e-commerce like online store anything less than 200 dollars or 250 dollars i actually consider like a cheaper low-end product oh wow okay uh but it really depends on you know on what you're talking about mm-hmm. right but um so for me you know if you don't want to talk apples and oranges so let's say a book okay a kindle book the, a cheap Kindle book is something less than five dollars. Wow. Okay. All right. Like a two ninety nine book mm-hmm. or a dollar ninety nine book or a free book is is cheap. Mm-hmm. I would never, you know, sell something that cheap because I don't want to deal with with that. Mm-hmm. A mid range book would be let's say five dollars to ten dollars, and then an expensive book would be you know anything over let's say fifteen or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think ideally I would actually want to only sell things over fifteen dollars. Um, I think the only reason why I have I have my books for so cheap is is because it's on Amazon and I don't have to deal with it anyways. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. You just need you need such huge volumes when you're selling things for for low margins and sometimes the business model doesn't support that. You know, I don't know that there are a million people out there that are going to buy my three hundred or four hundred dollar jujitsu DVD. It's <laughs> unlikely. Um, yeah, but I do have my books on uh, another platform called eJunkie, which is kind of like ClickBank but crappier <laughs> I, I mean that that's kind of just what it is but the reason why i have it on there is uh you'll be surprised how many people in the world don't have a kindle or don't want to download that kindle app they just want the pdf interesting so as many people that complain about your book being in a pdf format i have just as many people who complain about having my book in kindle format so yeah. they want a pdf can't please everyone eh? yeah and you really can't i mean and that's why i just give them options you know i have my book there's a link, you know, on both my books saying, um, you know, download the PDF version. Mm-hmm. And I don't advertise those at all because I, I actually want people to buy it through Amazon just because it raises the ranking in it. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, I mean, my goal now is I would like to be on a bestsellers list. Nice. You know, whether it's New York Times or Amazon's top 100 or I, that's my goal. And it's not even about the money anymore because I can make money doing other things on the side with my stores and with the book I can keep it low priced and just sell that volume mm-hmm. and I honestly don't even know why I want to be a bestseller <laughs> but it's my new goal it's my new dream good for you my man good for you so I appreciate that um, and I mean life life seriously changes quick 
I mean, mm-hmm. we're sitting here. How many how many countries have you been to since we saw each other exactly one year ago? A lot, bro. I'd say. Like, where have you been? Uh, Australia, England, France, Ireland, Japan, Thailand, uh, pretty much the coast to coast United States, South Africa, um, Peru. Was that no? Peru was a little bit before that. Uh, I've I've traveled a lot, man, and most of the places I've just listed, I've been multiple times in that space of time. So yeah, it's been intense. And a huge part of it, or the majority of that of the income or you know of the cost of that have came directly from this book you mean it's covered much much of the cost yeah uh yeah a decent a, a decent chunk and I, I mean it's synergistic because i teach jiu-jitsu seminars where i go and then uh, people come to the seminars because they've read the book and then people buy the book because they've come to the seminar so it's it's they work off each other yeah and congratulations for that thank you my I brother mean, you definitely played a role in the whole thing seeing seeing how well you were doing as well well, buddy, you know, to everybody's success, because success is one of those things that is not finite. And the people that think it is, those people normally don't get ahead in life. Mm. But the people that realize that success truly is abundant mm. and it's and everybody can have it, those are people that are going to do well. Mm-hmm. It's uh, <laughs> reminds you of yet another expression. Last one for today. Um, a spiritual teacher said... Uh, Happiness shared is happiness doubled. And I think it's the same with success. Success shared is success sometimes more than doubled. You know, it's only the people who have small minds and who are mean and miserable who like try to bite and hoard and grab and keep as much for themselves. I don't want to be that kind of person. No thanks. So if you guys don't want to be that kind of person, <laughs> uh, I, I really honestly think that everyone who's even remotely interested in jujitsu or in Nick to read the book, it's The Black Belt blueprint check out his podcast as well yeah the journey podcast.com and we'll find it on itunes yes subscribe to that yeah the journey you type in the journey podcast in itunes and you'll find it okay very cool and uh if you want to read the book uh it's i'll link to it in the episode show notes uh this episode 57 or you can go to my old muay thai blog myfightcamp.com and there's a review of his book and i'll have a link to it as well and if you haven't read life changes quick please do so i just updated the cover i don't know if uh anyone follows me on facebook or on twitter but uh, really excited to it's have a new cover. Appreciate that. That's yeah, really great. I took my face off of it, uh, which was a kind of oh, a that sales are going to go down now. Well, you know what? Honestly, I think that you know everyone who listens to the podcast or reads my blog has already bought the book. Okay. So now the people, you know, the new people, they might not recognize me. Or they might not know who, who I am, but they recognize the words "life changes quick." Interesting. So that's why we made the move. So thank you guys so much for spreading the word about the book. Uh, for listening to the podcast and for you know leaving the nice reviews because that's really what bumps it all up. Um, and I'll see you guys next week. Nick, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Johnny. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.